Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for coming. It's been a rough start to the year. JD made us all listen to acapella music. It wasn't that bad. Eh, it was okay. Hunter made a valiant attempt to get us back on track with New Op. I don't know why it didn't work. I, don't, uh, I was confused. Yeah, I think it was because Steve was confused. Yeah. But then Steve decided it was necessary to depress the shit out of us again. Yeah. That one, was kind of, that one was kind of fun, though. Sorry. It was more fun than the, we had more fun with it than the first one. I think we got it out of our you system. You know what? First like, time. Fuck, fuck all of you. Enough. I'm doing the opposite here today. We're gonna celebrate some better times. Wait, is this Scott? Are you 14? Do you associate this with better times? I'd rather listen to an acapella cover of Cake by the Ocean. I just wanted a happy song for the opening, everybody. What is this? Well, this is that happy ska song. What is this? It's Operation Ivy, sound system. Okay. Kind of defines the genre. So, oh, Not I, the genre we're talking about. Wait, when I, was, when I was a teen and everybody was wearing Operation Ivy yeah. patches on their jackets and they looked cool, I was like, boy, that must be cool music. It was this? It was ska garbage? Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Continue with your intro, Dave. <laughs> when okay, dark, now continue. When dark people come out of their gloomy basements into a sun-drenched day. What? Who? I don't know. People with dark moods. Yeah. Oh, okay. Even if they see their shadow, it's merely a reminder that you're your own person, standing strong. You don't need to run back into your lair for six more stupid weeks. You're going to go out, buy a new backpack, and face the world. Time to put down your suicide journals and wipe off the eye makeup, everybody. We're going to get happy today. This, ladies and gentlemen, is The Gleam. Hey, welcome to the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast. The podcast that creates new musical genres every week and counts down the greatest songs in those genres that we make up with very few rules or reason. My name is J.D. Riznar. Hey, J.D. How's it going? Hey, who's Good. that over there? I'm Dave. Who's talking over oh, there? It's me. It's let's, me, Dave. Let's change up the order. Hunter, what's yeah. going on? I'm, I'm just doing a podcast. Yeah. Hey, Steve, why don't you ask me what my name is? Hey, hey, J.D., what's your name? J.D. Riznar. Hey, Hi. welcome to the show. We're really mixing okay. things up because we need yeah. to because, like Dave said, we have to get out of our funk. Exactly. And there's no better way to get out of a funk than to listen, listen to a nice Yacht Rock yeah. song. This is yeah. going to drop on Groundhog's Day. Oh, it is? Which is also my grandmother's 110th birthday. Oh. No. Oh. Congratulations. Tell her I said hello. What's her no, secret? No, she's, she's dead. Oh. oh. Uh, she Hunt- died like 30 years ago. What's her secret? <laughs> <laughs> um, Hunter, Hunter, you picked this Yacht Rock song. What are we listening to? Oh, We're boy. a bone to the Yacht Rock I'll tell you this. There's nothing like breaking out of funk like doing something 54 times in a row. Uh, this smooth little number comes to us from Herbie Hancock off the 1982 album Light Me Up with the song, this song's called Paradise. Yeah, and it's a good one. Yeah, I figured since we were getting, uh, you know, miserable plunges into sunshine today, I'd play a significant toe dip into the smooth waters of the marina. That's what we got here. Herbie's a legendary jazz composer and keyboardist who gave us and particular, particularly me, the album Headhunters. And he, he dedicated that to you. Yes, and because I, and I wore the shit out of that tape in my car, that cassette tape. It was awesome. Uh, and later he also, he also worked sparsely with yacht rockers like uh, Quincy and his crew and George Benson and the Pointer Sisters. And I think it was across these waters that he, he may have hooked up with Jay Graydon and uh, David Foster and Bill Champlin, who co-wrote this song. Yeah, Those I, guys are good. I can see like Herbie Hancock saw the success of jazz guy Al Jarreau hooking up with Jay Graydon, and he wanted a piece of that action. Yeah, a little jealous. Yeah, but it, it was a the video. Graxon? It was a video for for Rocket that really made him a pe- a jazz superstar, right? Rocket, that was a song. MTV, yeah, yeah, the yeah, crazy, yeah, yeah, the yeah, crazy yeah. video. Yeah. So like the power of MTV was Yacht Rock's foreboding cough at the beginning of the movie. You know, you see a movie and the old yeah, man. That guy's gonna a get bit. cancer. Yep, exactly. Uh, so additionally, Jay uh, Jay Graydon 
produced and played guitar on this. Foster sings, plays piano and keys. Hunter, sings Hunter, background. Hunter, I'm sorry. Did you say guitar? Guitar. You said guitar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the little folksy. Yeah. Sorry. It's a good I, fiddle. I thought you were saying guitar. He probably did some of that too, and, and eventually, in his career yeah. Sometime that guy Sorry was amazing. Please, 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 incredible. Please. I let Dave do all the corrections this episode. Keep, keep listing names, and I'm, I, it wasn't a correction. It was merely a question, Steve. Uh, you hear that? Hear that tight drumming on on this song? Yeah. yeah. Hear that? Yeah. Uh, that's... Operation Ivy's drummer. No, no, but Dave close. Mello? Are you guys talking about Dave Mello, Operation uh, Ivy's drummer? It's Jeffrey Percaro. Oh. Yeah. oh. And on background vocals, Jeffrey. Jeff. Yeah. On background vocals are the champ and Richard Page and uh, Vanette Gloud, Glued, who was in the disco group San Tropez, and they sound like a uh, music to a classy porno. Though that's what that that San Tropez sounded like. She also worked a lot with Lee Rittenauer and Champlin and a bunch more yacht records. So did uh, bassist Abraham Laborial, and you talked about him last week. Right? I sure did. Welcome to the boat, Abraham. You made it to the next song as well. Well, no, he's not in this song. You're doing that thing again where you're. No, he's, name- on, he's on the song. He's on the song. Okay, great. Great. What am I? What, what thing am I doing? The thing where you name a person who works in the song, and then you name everybody that that person worked with to oh. give that person yacht rock cred. No, but he's got some yacht rock cred because Lee Ritt. I already did that. Part. Because listen to the list of names of people he worked with. Um, yeah. This is a great, great song. You want to score that one, guys? Or did you hear enough? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll score that one, uh, I don't know. It's a little, it's like, a, it's like a 78. Mm-hmm. I'll go 65. Okay. 75. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a 72. And since we're not uh, actually calculating this, it is yacht. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we but we don't know agree. what the score is exactly. We all agree. Vance yacht. Guys, <laughs> let's, uh, let's get into the show. Hold that. Uh, J.D., skip forward to 32 seconds. But this guy wants to talk about drugs. Yeah. All right. I don't even listen to the whole thing. Yeah. In 1996, the Kids in the Hall released their grossly underappreciated film, Brain Candy. Told the story of a group of scientists that created a drug for the world to cure depression. Now, you see... I think I think their misstep was uh, they didn't focus on a drug that gave worms to ex-girlfriends. It's a drug for the world to cure depression. Oh, okay. The band we're listening to here is Death Lurks. Death Lurks is a fictitious band composed of com- composed composed. That's a fictitious word. Composed. Yeah, I, <laughs> I had a real good day. <laughs> Still have a good day over there. Comprised of Bruce McCullough and the Canadian band The Odds. Check out The Odds. They're pretty cool. Big fluence on uh, Weezer, I've been told. The movie unfolds with Death Lurks playing in the Suicide Club to a bunch of depressed fans. Yeah. Grievo, the lead singer of Death Lurks, who is a thinly veiled Danzig parody, is singing this dark, depressing song. And I always felt there's a little Nine Inch Nails in here, too. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds pretty good to me. They pan across the audience of people dressed in black with plenty of misery to go around. Yeah. Girl puts out a cigarette on her wrist and holds it up to her heart. Cool. Yeah. Pretty dark stuff. Full of the ache. Or the hate. Or the sadsies. Or whatever. But there's hope for Grievo. He goes on a medication, and it cures his depression. And this is the song he plays. Can you guys hear the difference? I think so. It's a different, uh, different, unusual song form on this one. You know, a the, different key. The last one was actually a pretty good recreation of like a dark song. This is like a comedy parody song of a happy song. Hmm. It's not as it's not as subtle in its satire. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if I had any thunder, JD just took it. This is what we're going to be focusing on today. A usually darker, emotionally vulnerable band that steps out of their wheelhouse to do an uncharacteristically happy song. Maybe someone fell in love. Maybe they started doing drugs again. Or maybe we just wanted to try and become more popular. Cool. You'll see that in some of these artists. And their biggest hits have been happy. Um, I feel like some of these songs in the gleam are tongue-in-cheek, but that doesn't stop them from being a departure from these artists' normal dark sounds. This is fun. This is a solid genre you found. Yeah. No, it's it's the, the entire idea is 
dark, depressing bands, you know what? They they take a vacation from their depression. And Dave, where did that? Where did the name The Gleam come from? Well, it came from the kids in the hall bit. I, I figured any fan would be aware of that. What's the name of the? Uh, it's called Gleaminex. Was the drug they created? But I didn't want to be a Hollywood Steven to find every aspect of it. Well, you should say what, where the name came from. Yeah, that's okay. not Hollywood Steve. That's called low bar podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> low bar beyond yacht rocking. I see. Okay. Well, you didn't the, say uh, the name of the song either. It's Happiness Pie. It's a good name. You're doing, you're doing great, though, Dave. I'm yeah. having fun with you today. Thanks. Yeah. I'm having a good time being here, fellas. Thanks I'm for so having, happy. He's real giggly for, today. Thanks it? for letting me have a, uh, an episode. There's a gleam in your eye right now, Dave. Yep. Dave, this is your audition. Okay. For what? To stay on the podcast. Oh. This might be your last episode. <laughs> so, you're on point. Are you, right. Do you want to start counting it down? Yeah, let's count it down. Pretty self-explanatory. It's a it's a dark band doing happy songs. Yeah, I, easy. I feel like, I feel like I said that. You did yeah. easy. I just wanted to reiterate. Thank Can't you. wait. Gleamanex. Ooh, hope that guy gets happier. Yeah. Just for that get- game show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> What, Welcome what? to America's favorite game show, A Brief Respite from Deadly Sadness. Here's your host, Nick Drake. What's behind door number one? Is it crippling depression? No, it's a brand new Volkswagen. <laughs> Steve gave us a Nick Drake song back in the egg part one. It was a real fucking bummer. Yeah, most of his are. This, as far as I could tell, is his happiest song. There was so little of what he did that had this bounce and this kind of happy beat. And listen to those horns, man. Yeah, flugel horns are magic. It sounds like a fucking game show. Yeah, everyone should start using flugel horns again. I I tried them the other day. Yeah? What'd they do for you? It felt great. Yeah. I got a boner. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, I mean, this isn't good podcasting, but JD, you look terrific. Thank you so much. Yeah. There's some different theories about the song. Oh, what song is this? Yeah, he didn't this say the name. This is Nick Drake, Hazy Jane Part 2. Okay. I, I expected more of our audience. I assume they know it. <laughs> <laughs> so when uh, Drake was sort of pulling out of society and doing his own thing, eh, maybe maybe it was a little miserable. There's another theory. Eh, maybe maybe it's about drugs. Hazy Jane? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when people... Oh, like Mary Jane. Yeah, like when Putting people... Putting you in a haze. When people, like, beat you over the head with 420 or Mary Jane or stuff like that. The old purple haze. Either way, it's a fucking departure from what he started. Fantastic song that, uh... A lot of people, when you, when you look up Nick Drake, best songs, this, uh... A lot of people say this is his best... Yeah, because it's happy? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's kind of my theory, is the, the happy songs um, transcend the sad ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as hit power goes. Yeah. Hit, hit power and memorability. More radio-friendly. Yeah, and people that aren't us, like, kind of glam onto them. The song could Gleam be- onto them. Yeah, the gleam on... Gleam, because that's the genre. Thank you, Hunter. Uh, this could be a Hallmark card. You know one of those bir- one of the cards you open up and plays a song? Yeah. This could be the song. And the card reads like, Hey, it's your birthday. I won't I won't stab myself in the heart today. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so the theory then is that he's he started smoking weed to deal with his depression and it gave him this. Like yeah. it made him it made him as close yeah, to happy as not, he ever he's got. He's not so depressed anymore. Maybe he switched from uh, sativa to indica on this. Yeah. Who knows? Nobody knows. I don't think back then you had a choice. I think you just had, like, crumbs of some dry grass. Yeah, but guys, what a fucking happy song. Hey, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Listen to that guy. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd enjoy a happiness pie to this. You're going yeah, I'd, cake I'd, hunt I'd, to this I'd song. I'd roll around, in a, roll around in a field of meadow, if you will. Yeah. Hold on, Hunter. A field of meadow? A field of meadows. <laughs> did you say cake hunt? I did say cake hunt. Uh, I think there's a cake hunt coming up in a couple weeks. <gasps> All right. Yeah. All right. Ah. All right, let's move on. Coming in at number nine. 
guys. Oh, God damn it. This is Jawbreaker. I can't believe you finally put a Jawbreaker song on the show. Well, this season I'm, I'm going to try to put more of my own thoughts, influences, bands I love. Are we going to hear Lagwagon eventually? Eventually. Maybe. Maybe. Right. Maybe. 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 How about Rink Pedal? This song, nope, nope, that's not a thing. <laughs> JD, I, that's not a thing. The song's called Indictment. This is Jawbreaker. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. I fucking love these guys. It's one of the bands that people will point to when they try to describe the birth of emo, even though the band would never, ever define themselves by that term. The song's Indictment, as I said, and it's totally tongue-in-cheek, but it fits the genre nicely. Plus, it's uh, number nine, and that's my traditional punk slot. You, you gotta get your energy up. We got Matt Bronger is one of the candidates to take your spot. Have oh, you ever really? seen him? And he's got a lot of energy when he does his comedy. I think he'd bring that energy to the podcast. Okay, what else? I'm sorry. What else do you have to say about no, this? Bronger, song? Bronger likes hip hop. Well, then we'll have a lot of hip hop when he joins the podcast. Dave, I want to say that I'm happy for the return of the punk slot. Yeah. I am a little sad that the diamond spot wasn't filled this 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 episode, but I get. It, Neil Diamond. These songs are all happy. Neil Diamond is a happy, colorful guy. He rarely wore black, and when he did it, it was on his face. Yeah. I like that you copied my episode from last episode, and you used the punk slot on an emo band, like I did with Sonny Day. They would State. never call themselves emo. Yeah, and hipsters wouldn't call themselves hipsters, but they still are, so, uh, so there you go. If, if this is a happy song, what does Jawbreaker usually sing about? Well, they sing personal songs of unrequited love. Like Sad Days Alone and What Happens When Your Heart Is Smashed After You Wore It On Your Sleeve. I'll, I'll revisit them if I ever get to my hate, hateful breakup genre. So they're, they're pussies. Pretty much. <laughs> I saw the lead singer of Jawbreaker, Blake, cry after a show once. He had called his mom and his dog had died. Hey, that's sad. I wouldn't. I would never judge somebody who cried over a lost animal. I, I cried when my dog died, which happened out of town the day after Christmas. But gleam, gleam. The bright side: we got a refund for the pet and cabin fee we paid for the return trip. Ooh. That was like 150 bucks. Yeah. Cha-ching. I like this genre better than the eight because you can find the bright side of your depressing stories. Yeah. Well, when I put my dog down, it gave us an excuse to drive to Frisco. Ah, good place. We could never get away with the aging German Shepherd in our care. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And, and I... it was it was very much time for, for Sam to go. He went peacefully at home. Love you, Sam. And we escaped the sadness by going to see a private lag wagon show at Slim's, owned by none other than Boss Gags. Did Knuckle Biscuit open for him? <laughs> they did not. That's not a thing. Do you have more to say about this song? Should I start it again? Um, no, it's just a great song. I fucking love Jawbreaker. All right. Had a good tune. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. See the so more hip hop to yeah. the show. JD uh, calls you out, and, and immediately you put a hip hop song. Yeah. This is a song that everybody wants to go. Yeah. To when it comes on. Yeah. We're white. Yeah. Yeah. So this is Ice Cube. It was a good day. Originally titled Today Was a Good Day. No one knows why they changed it. Quite the departure from the previous things Ice Cube had done. Listen to a laid back, smooth out style. Just hanging out and having a real good day. Didn't even have to use his AK. Simple tale of having a really good day in Southern California. It was January 20th, 1992. Somebody figured it out. Look it up on the yeah, internet. Yeah, it's a fun it's a, thing. It's a great not, study. Not yeah. completely accurate, but that's uh, that's what everybody. I, I think it's sort pretty of, good. That's what it says on. The Lakers did beat the Supersonics. Uh -huh. There was a nice, you know, smoggy day. Every every indication of a date comes together January 20th, yeah, 1992. Beautiful. Continue, sir. The song samples the Isley Brothers' footsteps in the dark and continues to give it smooth throughout. Yeah. Some pervert at the All Music Guide said the song emits a quiet, violent anxiety. And it's a career highlight for sure. It's no wonder this happy little ditty was Cube's highest charting song and was named to the top 30 of VH1's top 100 rap songs 
of all time. Wait, hold yeah, on. and I was on that show. Wait, go ahead. Wait, bring it up. I mean, when you said when you hit um horribly, that was good. Or yeah, mm-hmm. when you hit ch- highest charting, that was good. Yeah. Uh, Julian McCullough is also in the hopper. He, we were on his show. Man, he can he can really yeah. control. He brings room. the energy. A lot of great like vibes coming right from up. that guy. Okay, so you want you want more? Yeah. Uh, Steve, let's get back to that VH1 program that I was on. They used my the one soundbite I had in that show. They used me on this song. Uh, I was one of the very very few white people who made any sort of cut onto that show. And I'll just repeat that bite for you. Now, it, was, it was it was a very cogent insight that the song is actually social, social criticism because everything Ice Cube is describing on the good day, it's mostly just that nothing goes horribly wrong. Like nothing that could have gone wrong did go wrong. And some of us spoiled brat Americans might do well to keep things in that perspective sometimes, eh? What, he, he sings about a fun basketball game where he scored a lot of points and rebounds and assists, and he and he could have went really wrong. So I get any. And he had fun sex with the lady all night long. He put her, he put her ass to sleep. Yeah, he put that yeah. so put deep. That butt. That's fun. Yeah. How could that anything like that go wrong? I don't know. I don't know. But I know what you mean, Steve. That was cogent. I will say, I it do, certainly was. I do like when I uh, when I read a gangster rap criticism and find out it was Steve who said it. <laughs> That's always a fun joy yeah. on Wikipedia. I that, saw that a niche a and I filled it. Yeah, knowing that he's from Big Rapids, it really lends a lot of. Oh, I got a story. <laughs> I got a story from the mean streets of Big Rapids. Ooh. One time I, I was uh there's like a main the main street uh all through town like it's, it's called so, main street it's actually called state street <laughs> uh so my friend lived Mine's on one funny. side and my uh my workplace was on the other and i had to cross the street you know, you know people it's decent traffic people go decently fast steve hold uh, on a second just want to remind everybody this is where that ice cube perspective came from yes okay yeah, yeah it could have gone really wrong okay so so I'd also I like see... to point out I'm the one on the chopping block. Yeah. <laughs> you are. Steve, continue your awesome story. I love I love small town stories. So Keep I going, see Steve. I see a break in traffic. I'm like, okay, yeah. I gotta okay. break a break for it. And as I'm doing these two teenage dudes are walking towards me. And as I turn to run across the street, out of the corner of my eye, I see these two kid dudes look at each other like, oh my god. That guy just ran across the street to avoid us because he was so scared of us. It happened to us right here in Big Rabbits. They were white, by the way. Big Rabbits is 90% white. Yeah, and the other 10% are tan. <laughs> Spray. Spray tan. <laughs> Booths. Anyway, that's, that's my story from the mean streets of Big Rabbits. Yeah, it could have gone really bad. Keep that in perspective. Any, anything uh, else? Anything yeah, else yeah. Let me, let me, let me, uh... Fun story about the song. Ice Cube says, "While yeah. driving home drunk as hell, uh, but no throwing up." He sees the lights of the Goodyear blimp, and they say, "Ice Cube's a pimp." In 2014, a crowdfunded charity raised over twenty-five thousand dollars for the South the South Central-based charity. I think it was helping kids or something. <laughs> and this this is this is all the you know this is what the people in the charity were like yeah we're going to raise money for you know the kids or something their goal was to get the Goodyear blimp to actually put that message Ice Cube Ice Cube's a pimp and it almost worked uh, Ice Cube went on a uh, Jimmy Fallon and was like yeah there's this uh, this crowdfunding campaign uh, Goodyear agreed to fly the kids from the charity around and instead of that particular lyric Ice Cube's a pimp they just wrote it was a good day Ice Cube seemed happy enough with the outcome by telling CNN reporters that he thought, and I quote, it was dope. Pimp is a loaded word, though, for there sometimes. And then he went and made the movie, Are We There Yet? Oh. High watermark. Straight out of Compton, man. Ice, Ice Cube's entire career is gleam now. I'm surprised he's not a view host. <laughs> give, it, give it a couple years. This one's a little tricky. I'm in love with the world. You can still feel the hurt and the longing in his voice. But it's the closest Elliot Smith ever came to the gleam. This is Say Yes. 
by Elliot Smith. And in my opinion, it's a gleamer. And it's pretty fucking gleaming. He's in love. <laughs> the girl likes him back, and it actually lasted to the morning after. You make a lot of good points. It's kind of in a major key, too. Yeah. But li- line two is about a breakup. This is a breakup song. I don't know. Like the seventh slot, I feel like is reserved for when Dave kind of misses the mark on his own genre. <laughs> We're thinking, we have um, uh, Kyle Kinane lined up to take your slot, possibly, and he's a guy. Well, actually, no, Kyle's not that smart, but Jonah Ray, <laughs> he's a comedian who wears glasses and is super smart and quick and like gets it when he makes a genre. And like every song is going to definitely be a happy song if you were to do the gleam. So All right, he's, he's, me... he's in the hopper, too. Just, I just want to like let everybody I know. Just, I, in case we have a vote and somebody's excited about somebody taking Dave's place, you guys can vote Dave off the podcast. How dare you say that Kyle isn't smart? No, he's not like he's not like genre smart like Jonah Ray is. He's oh, you, he's you comedy have no joke. idea. Kyle is comedy joke smart. I'm I'm talking out of my ass. Let me have my bit. Well, well crafted <laughs> jokes from Kyle Kinane, and also smart in an and a punk band. Kyle and I were gonna start a uh, a oh, band. He set him off. Yeah. This is gonna be worse than Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> we, we were we were gonna do like a no, uh, we just started a song music uh, Misfits cover band called Mr. Fitz. Never came to be. No. I, I'll defend this choice, Dave, because I can get behind this. This is the kind of gleam I can get with because you keep your hopes incredibly low. Yeah. And then when you still don't quite meet them, you can tell yourself, almost. Happiest song Elliot Smith ever sang. <laughs> almost. Uh, I have I have a feeling this guy's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, he wrote the song with someone particular in mind. And then it, I guess it didn't didn't really work work out for him. I'm I'm surprised that Elliot Smith didn't Steve. I'm surprised he didn't make your ache list. I, I did consider him, but uh, it was I I, I kind of glanced down his catalog and I was like, and not, like none of them jumped out at me as like, oh, I remember that one. Yeah. That was the one. Well, I'm sure I'm sure it'll show up in your next installment of the ache. I I don't know. I might have gotten everything in that I uh, that I wanted to. Are you talking about the electric boohooaloo? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Poe's story, um, we're gonna, gonna be a bit of a Hollywood Steve here, talk about how he died. Uh, people thought it was a suicide, but apparently he stabbed himself in the heart twice, which I questionable. feel is hard to do. I bet I could do it. Once we I'll kick- bet you couldn't. Hey, see, <laughs> see how hard it is to do once we kick you off the podcast. Shit. Yeah, you're gonna be stabbing yourself like crazy. You probably Man, get. I gotta. You probably get five game. times in the heart in before you die. God, I gotta say more stuff like cake hunt. Yeah, cake hunt's coming up. You know, you know what else they found out uh, when they when they looked at his body is he didn't have a what they call. I can't remember exact like a, a soul, a hurt wound. Like you give it one go and go, ow! Mm-hmm. It's kind of that first one. Mm-hmm. Usually, when that somebody does or cuts themselves, there's always that like test wound. They didn't find that. They just found two, two ones right in the chest. Wow! So great job, Elliot. Not really a great fucking song though. I've been obsessed with the song. Like of all the songs on this playlist, this is the one that has been haunting me. It's very beautiful and haunting. Anything else on this song, gentlemen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Doesn't sound like There's it. There's a wall in Silver Lake you can go take your picture in front of. Yeah. And, yeah, it's uh, the, it was on the cover of his figure eight album. Yep. Yeah. Go next door to get some tacos. Yeah. Hipster taco. Listen, The song is number six. Number six. Who did the uh, the bumpers? We're about to find out and plug a hole. Oh. I'll leave you on the edge of your seat. I'm excited. Oh, we I... fall off. All right, this is New Order, Bizarre Love Triangle. This was another kind of tough one for me. New Dave, Order. Dave, smile, smile when I talk. Yes, yes. Maybe I sit up straight. Let me do a like doo-wop this. to this song. New Order was in the process of changing their sound from their gothic roots to straight up Brit pop. How was that? Great, keep going. Oh, don't stop. This one, however, was a huge leap in what they were doing. And when you consider this band started out as Joy Division, you really get the idea of how big of a leap this this was. 
Yeah. They, and they really started to turn, on my opinion, on 83's power, corruption, and lies, yes. even though the name didn't really re- reflect that, especially with the song The Village, with the line, our love is like the, the flowers, the sun, and the sea, and the hours. Yes, but at the same time on that album was still the song, how does it feel? They were still that droning yeah, that Blue was, Monday. That wasn't on that wasn't on that album. Wasn't that Age was of Age of Consent was on that album. Um, Blue Monday, I believe. They're one of those bands, those British bands that released a lot of singles. And, yeah, like a, a lot of non-album singles. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was a non-album single. Um, but it was it was around that that period. Yes, it was. And uh, but but and that one particular thing uh, lyric I just read sounds like it could be a happiness pie outtake. But I will. <laughs> this is their final form of electro dance pop. This is this is the one that there was no turning back. Absolutely, you're absolutely correct. What was bizarre about the love triangle? Do you think? What do you guys think was bizarre about it? Three dudes. Yeah, that's not so bizarre. Yeah, none of them were gay. None of them were gay though. No, oh, no, that is weird. Three dudes with boners. They all kind of come together with their boners, and they make what I call a teepee, or a, a tip tap teepee. Okay. And what's great <laughs> is if uh, if you're a classy gentleman and have a, have a handkerchief. You uh, you put that that handkerchief over your tip tap teepee. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That and is it, bizarre. It just, it's kind of it's yeah. bizarre, right? Yeah. <laughs> tip tap teepee. I feel like it'd feel great though. Get two bros together, make the tip top teepee with a silk handkerchief. Uh, take it off, put it back on. Take it off, modal. put it back on. The trick, yeah. the trick is, is who can keep a boner. Oh, good uh, one. Yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes you got to stick your tongue in a dude's ear. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Fun times. Uh, oh, man, I love this gleam. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, New Order would eventually record the theme for England's 1990 World Cup campaign. Oh, yeah, World in Motion. Yeah. yeah. And included a rap by one of the footballers and also an English comedian, I guess. It's rumored that one band member gleefully exclaimed to the English press, he truly hoped that this would be the last draw for Joy Division fans. And honestly, it, it really was. That's that's kind of like if the Dallas Cowboys had commissioned a fight song from Elliot Smith. No, you're <laughs> absolutely right. I mean, to go from Joy Division to this, it's but, one hell of a. But league. then going from this all the way to a World Cup fight song. Yeah, but yeah. they but they don't have the hang-ups about sport as we do here. I mean, there is a little bit of the, that over across the pond. Yeah, they're but, cool with the tip-tap triangle. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I just uh, you know we have we have issues with our, our nerds sport divide here, our jock divide. We're working on it though. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah now I you think got, we're reversing. Yeah, we're, yeah, because now you got jocks making social justice stands, and anti-social anime nerds are all turning into Nazis. Everything's all topsy turvy. Yeah, Trump's gonna bring together the nerds and the athletes. God yeah. bless. <laughs> yeah. Finally, That's... unity. Are you all done, guys? Yeah. on the run. Thank you, Hunter. You're welcome. That was for the world. For all those British footballers that also like comic books. And Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. You know what else people like? Is this song. Do you recognize it? Of course. Oh, it's I'm, She's Like the Wind yeah, by Patrick I've got, Swayze. I've got the two, soundtrack of Dirty Dancing. I've got two ears and a soul. Of course <laughs> I have. This is the guy who can could combine art with sport. Right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. He was the last mm-hmm. one. Yeah. He really yeah. was. And look what it did. It killed him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We're gonna lead, I'm going to lead with the epilogue here. Patrick Swayze died of pancreatic cancer in 2009 at age 57. 57. Now! That's what I like. Death right off the bat for a let's change. Let's celebrate his musical legacy. This really is the gleam. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I structured. I even structured the soundtrack bit to reflect the gleam. Uh, when I was home for Christmas, uh, it was, we, we, we took a lot of trips back and forth between Big Rapids and Grand Rapids, either for me to see my nieces or to drink beer with my siblings. And I played this song in the car when I had the iPod, and my buddy, my brother Ryan, could not identify either the song or the artist. And it worried me greatly. Uh, how old is Ryan? He's 20... Close, close enough. 27. Did he know the movie, though? Maybe? I don't know. I didn't ask him. I was so, okay. I was so incredulous that he didn't know the yeah, song so or the artist. It, makes, it, makes, it just makes me worry that the younger generations are not aware of the greatness of She's Like the Wind. Maybe it's just my buddy, my brother, but I'm going to make <laughs> a big sweeping generalization based on feedback from that one person that the younger generation is not aware of how great this song is. Well, that's kind of what our podcast is all about, mm-hmm. guys. Now if we can only get somebody from a younger generation mm-hmm. to listen. Yeah, well, yeah, what a better way to reintroduce this song than to the thousands of teens that listen to Beyond Yacht Rock. <laughs> <laughs> All the 40 teens. <laughs> yeah. All the 40 teen dudes. Uh, so, uh, the Dirty Dancing soundtrack spent 19 weeks at number one on the album charts. This song hit number three pop, number one adult contemporary. It was the only hit of Patrick Swayze's singing career, during which he never released a full-length album. And in fact, according to an article I googled by Elliot Sharp, Patrick Swayze's entire recorded legacy consists of six songs, all from his own films. There's this one, there's one from Next of Kin, two from Roadhouse, and two from 2003's One Last Dance. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Note to self, buy Roadhouse soundtrack. And uh, why don't you throw another copy of the Blu-ray just in case. Okay, continue. Hey, I've I've seen his brother show up in things. Like, he was in an episode, like Uh, Swayze's brother. Don. Don Mm -hmm. was in an episode of... Don Trick, uh, it's short for Don Trick. Maybe, maybe there's like a Frank Stallone thing going on mm-hmm. here, where we're gonna hear something even better. Ooh, from Don Swayze. Well, Don Swayze did have his own fingers, thing going on. Fingers fucking crossed. Yeah, as an actor. But I will say, Frank was severely missing from Beach Babes from Beyond. They had Everybody to, says that. They had to substitute Jackie Stallone as mom in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a great karaoke song because Patrick Swayze is such not a professional singer. It's in a very easy range. You can really right. knock yeah. this one out of yeah. the park. Yeah. And it's a fun, really, it's a great, fun song to sing. Just a uh, he originally wrote this for the 1984 film Grandview USA. He had a bit part in it. It didn't make the soundtrack. Uh, he co-wrote it with a dude named Stacy Widelitz. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. You are. No and that guy right. went on to write music for episodes of Beverly Hills 90210 and the end credits song for Disney's Pocahontas 2. That was the best one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was where built. she got her revenge. <laughs> Okay, did anybody watch Dirty Dancing? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, I I don't remember hardly anything about it other than I was grumpy the whole time and I was like, Ugh, there was I can't believe my buddies, my sisters like this crap. It's- yeah, it was it, for me. It was like watching it with like an eighth grade girlfriend. It was always on the yeah. bus when we were going to like Cedar Point or something, and it was it was this and Grease. Uh, it's exactly. Is a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a great movie. It's an American classic. My wife loves it. Uh, I like it. It's uh, it takes place in the fifties at some resort, and yeah, a young I, lady gets uh, falls in love with a dance instructor. A square young lady uh, falls in love with a loosey goosey dance instructor played yeah. by Patrick Swayze, who and he fucks. And that's dangerous See, to let, her. Let me, and that's dirty. Let me ask you this: what What if it's the sequel to Caddyshack? <laughs> it could Hopefully. be. And it, it, and you know, like the next year at the club, like, oh my God! Now my 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 daughter, my buddy, my daughter gets pregnant <laughs> by this handsome dude, and it's not Michael O'Keefe. It's Patrick Swayze. I, I'm just throwing it. Wait, out. anyway, fun fact. They already made a sequel to this. It was called Havana Nights. Uh, well, listen. Anyway, fun fact. Cynthia Rhodes is in this movie. Uh, she gets pregnant from Patrick Swayze's sexual dick. Mm-hmm. They have to get an abortion. <laughs> she is now married to Richard Marks. Fun oh. fact. Fun fact. Good for her. Yeah. Anything else, guys? Wait. wait to yacht I thought Richard Marks one. was married to Daisy Fuentes. I probably have this totally wrong. I'm pretty sure you do. This is Dave's episode. I'm trying to get in the spirit. <laughs> Improvised facts. Richard Marks just beat somebody up on a plane, and I'm pretty sure a <laughs> uh, terrorist, I think. And then Richard Marks showed his dick to the TSA. What? 
No, that was casual libel. Right, right in. Write some more facts. Right in the right in the punchline to beyondyachtrock at gmail.com. Tweet us at yachtrock. Yeah, we want to hear what happened. Uh, anything else on this song? It's awesome. She's like the wind. Uh, so fucking good. <laughs> Wait, we got plug hole. No, we do have plug hole. Woo! Plug hole. Plug hole. Plug hole. Start reading. Start reading plugs. Steve, you read first one. All right. There's a real nice piece on the captain's blog called Fleetwood Mac is Nyat Rock and That's Okay okay. by Jeff Morris. He's Mo Boom on Twitter. J Mo Boom. I messed it up. No, it's not on there. I messed it up. It's J Mo at J Mo. Oh, okay. As in Jeff Morris, J Mo. J Mo Boom. Uh, he's an engineering design professor, uh, not from music or the arts, but but he has so much passion for things, and he can't help but write it on the captain's blog that's for what, us. That's what we want on the captain's blog. Yeah. You don't have to be a, you don't have to be a fancy writer. Send us an article about something you love, and we'd love to publish it. Yeah. For our 500 readers. All right. Wow, we got 500. Yeah. What? Oh, Maybe wow. more. Maybe Good 800. <gasps> Look at us. What? Yeah. Well, I don't have the numbers Say anymore. Say what? Check out the yachtrock.com merch booth. We got buttons. We got shirts. We got all of it. We yeah. got we got shirts and we got buttons. We do not have shirts with buttons on them, though. You got to buy the shirt and the buttons buy a separately and then you put, a button put on the your button shirt. on the shirt. But you order a button and a shirt and you email us and you say, hey, I just ordered the button and the shirt. Will you please put the button on the shirt before you put it in the envelope? We I can will do that. do that. We will do that. I can do that. We'll do that. Today's bumpers are sent in by Jason Dunn. Check out more of his music at jasondunn.bandcamp.com. Thank you, Jason. I'm five, baby. It's number five, baby. Whoa, 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 whoa. Jason Dunn. Maybe. Yeah. Whoa. A little hot. This is, uh, this is minor threat. Sometimes good guys don't wear white. Wow, two punk songs in the yeah, same Yeah, well, you might, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. And not at number one? I'm just, I'm just trying to work it in. <laughs> All right. That's what she said. Minor Threat was a very early influence on me, both musically and socially. Get this, fellas. I was straight edge until I was 20 years old. I loved the music, and I hated the, the, the future frat boys that were getting drunk at parties and I decided not to drink or try drugs until much later in life. Me too, but I was just square. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I never, I, I never drank in high school. Uh, I went to a few punk shows at the Flint Local 432 and saw the kids all turning straight edge. They all scared the hell out of me. Yeah. So I ended up just doing a lot of psychedelics. That also scared the hell out of me. In fact, everything scares the hell out of me now. Amen. Amen, brother. I didn't get invited to parties that had alcohol anyway. Yeah. Well, as you all know, Minor Threat is a straight-edge hardcore punk band formed by Ian McKay in D.C. in 1980. They formed they, they, they form the genre. Bad Brains help, and Minor Threat was the source. Their entire catalog is rudimentary textbook punk, except for one song. Is this it this is one? A, yeah. That's, that's the... I thought that was clear. <laughs> it wasn't. Oh, oh my God! I'm, I'm so you have sorry. to say the name of the song because Steve needs everything explained. No, to he said team. the name of the song. And I you need—I I I know I did. Oh, you, did you did, but Steve needed clarification. He need—you need to spell almost every word in your paragraph as well. Guys, don't wear it's a good, a good song, song yeah, though, right? I like it. It's I just wanted the, to bother him. Cover the Snandels. <laughs> Do you uh, think the, they were wearing white when they wore this, or were they not wearing not. white? They were probably buying whatever shit they got at, like, Goodwill shops. Which one would be more punk, dress. wearing white while you sang this song, or not? Well, I, I, the whole, I find the whole question offensive. Um, I'm sorry to offend you, Dave. I don't think you are. We got, some, we got any more fun facts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hit minor, us with them. <laughs> it's minor threat, man. They went on to be Fugazi. This is which who were a major threat. Look out good for point, Fug- JD. Look out for Fugazi guys. Yeah, this is uh, 
sincere uh, roots, Dave Lyons roots music right here. I dig it a lot, and uh, I don't know, fuck you, Hunter, for snickering. Well, it's just, this is your roots music. I like that. Yeah. Like that idea. Like the ache. Part one. But good. I think we're out of fun facts. Oh, this is where it gets bad. <laughs> the gleam! Yeah. This is where it's like, oh, god Focus, damn it. Focusing on the positive I today. wish you would just stay sad, R.E.M. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you gotta make a song called Shiny Happy People. This is good. Yeah. Keep I'm, talking. I'm happy. Bring that energy up. Not a huge fan of the song, but it certainly showcases the genre. It definitely, both of the, I, I don't think anybody really likes this song that's a big R.E.M. fan, and it definitely showcases this genre. What did, what what song did you play, Night Swimming? Yeah, I played Night Swimming for the ache part two. A dark and depressing, so many sad songs, Everybody Hurts, The One I Love, Losing My Religion, the list goes on and on. I actually considered putting Stand on here, but come on, the song is called Shiny Happy People. Yeah, no, I'm into R.E.M. a lot, and this is great gleam, because R.E.M. music always is so artistic and dark and pessimistic, and every song is a lyrical puzzle you have to put together. Uh, and they come out with fun, happy-ish songs sometimes, like I Am Superman off Life's Rich Pageant. Oh, that was a cover. Which I forgot about. Oh, it was? Yeah. Of whom? Uh, I uh, some 60s garage band. I think it was like The Circle. Or, was it I, The Sandals? No. no I, <laughs> was a, it The Sandals? I think I got that wrong. They do a really happy version of it, that cover song, but they also do, and then Stan also is very, very happy. Uh, but Stan, you know, it's one of those lyrical puzzles you have to solve, and this is just a happy song. It's happy and fun. And I liked hearing this stuff, like sort of that hippie, psychedelic camp stuff like them in the B-52s in the late 80s and early 90s. It was so kind of getting gloomy at those yeah, times. Yeah, I wasn't... Yeah. I wasn't much into them. And aside from the doing the theme song of the greatest sitcom of all time... Which is? You guys know the one. Get a Life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when this song was popular, I immediately wrote it off as, like... Kind of a garbage song. A lot of people did. We made we we made fun of this in college. Yeah, it was like Rome by the B-52s. It was just fucking boring. And I think uh, the lady from the B-52s was in this. Yeah, video. she's also yeah she does backing vocals. W Wanda. Wanda Kate Pearson. Sy Wanda Sykes. Is that you? Yeah. Listen, listen. You got a real good chance of joining us on the podcast right now. But yeah, he his energy is low. Like he doesn't even want to be. He's not even gonna care. Okay, yeah, I'll keep you updated. Bye. For those of you at home, JD actually picked up his phone and held it to his ear. He was talking to Wanda. Good his energy is so much higher than mine, and I gotta get, I gotta get to yeah. your level. Yeah. Hey, I picked up my phone too. I looked up who did "I Am Superman." It's the click, not the circle. Thank you. Thank. It was you. a six-letter word starting with a C and ending <laughs> in an E. Um. Oh, okay. Uh, fun. Any more fun facts? Yeah, the song hit number six. It was one of their biggest hits. That's kind of weird. Hey, yeah. nobody in R.E.M. died, but one guy had an aneurysm and then left the band. Yeah, but Peter, he lived. Peter Buck. Mm -hmm. Gleam. Yeah. Not Peter Buck. Bill no. Barry. Bill Barry. <laughs> Improvised facts. <laughs> Peter Buck had one eyebrow. Hmm. No, I think that was also Bill Barry. It was. <laughs> Attention. This is number three. <laughs> It's the same chord progression as Jawbreaker's boxcar, if you're listening. I want more facts! <laughs> we all fucking know Nirvana. I'm dropping two songs in here because they're pretty similar. Both upbeat, both covers of the Scottish band The Vaselines. There was a third song of theirs, Nirvana, always covered, called Jesus Wants Me for His Sunbeam. Both times I saw Nirvana, they played it. It was kind of their, their staple. 
but that song's sad as shit. I, I think it's telling that Nirvana had to rely on cover songs to do anything happy. Well, these it also came, makes me wonder why you put this up at number three if they couldn't they couldn't find that gleam on their own. They had to have a guide pointing the way for them. It's my own happy gleam. This oh, it's was, okay. Uh, this is my own happy moments. This is like these songs. This one and the one we're gonna play right after it, "Son of a Gun," is like the first time I learned to play music with my friends. And it was so, okay. so much fun and so great. And that we could power through these dumbass songs and make them sound similar to this in the, uh, the, the John Peel sessions. That. Molly's lips, kiss, kiss, Molly's lips. I, this is bringing me such gleam. This is bringing me such happiness. I love. I love these songs. I like when Nirvana goes happy. Yeah, it's a, it's a, gr- it's, it's great. Rare. It's but rare. It's rare and good. it's great. When they do it, it's fantastic. But it's, it's really the definition of sardonic, like it, which is a risky type of hu- humor because it balances ever so much on that appreciation of the so- small stuff, but that distaste for mainstream culture and dick jokes. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 this, oh, testing, testing. Uh, you know, so when mo- most of the time everything was a gag for these guys, and when they're not, no one really believes you. It's tough. Kurt Cobain, man, nobody took him seriously. <laughs> yeah, everybody thought it was a joke. Um, what about what are these John Peel sessions? Um, are you guys familiar with the Peel sessions? Yeah. John, no. Of course, of course, Steve is. Uh, John Peel was uh, a DJ in England uh, from BBC Radio One, like from the beginning in 1967, and. He was like the controversial DJ, but he did his own recordings, and he would like traditionally record four songs from whatever band that was going on a show. So when you then, yeah, a lot of these EPs would come out and, yeah. and later on, and, and all these bands would have that added to their discography. And it was like a simple four track, and that's why it sounds so like home done and comfortable. It's super indie, super and DIY. He he died in I don't know 2009. Good. Oh, it's so depressing. I tell you, I tell you another candidate I have. This guy named Jimmy Wales. Have you guys ever heard of Jimmy Wales? The whale. Now, Jimmy Wales founded Wikipedia. He knows his facts. You are you looking to replace? I'm me looking with, to replace you with, with him with Jimmy Wales, the walking Wikipedia. Yeah. Good luck getting cake hunt out of that motherfucker. <laughs> he would never say cake hunt. No. He's never said cake hunt. It's true. Okay. No, I'm crossing, he's, a, he's a pro. I'm, I'm crossing Jimmy Wales off the list. He's never said cake hunt. Um, but no. God damn it. Once again, I fucking love this song. Dave loves a lot of these songs on here. Mm. There's some I feel you don't love. But then there's some that he does love, which is a which is a fact he always gets right. Yeah, I actually go back to these two covers fairly often in the in the Nirvana. They're really catalog. great. Yeah, well, Nirvana holds up because they were very punk, and I feel like punk overall ho- holds up over time. Yeah, they also hold up because they were great. Oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> according to everybody, according to Wick John Whale, John Wales, this is the great right in Bobby, Wikipedia. Jimmy Jimmy Teal. By the Jimmy way, Wales. Jimmy by the Wales. way, I donated to Wikipedia on behalf of our podcast. I never told you guys that, but I gave them a lot of money. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, must that, be nice that not that having kids. Because I, I donated as well. We, we may have double donated. No, it's fine. And now, from the land of dreams, number two. <laughs> I like to build up for number two. Particularly since it's the Smiths. Yeah. Listen to this happy horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it, Dave? This is the Smiths. With what song? Song, song's called Ass. Did you guys ever ha- have anyone in your life that was way too into the Smiths? Yeah. No. We've all, we've all known somebody who's yeah. way too into the Smiths. Oh my god, I had a friend that was like, styled his hair like Morrissey. He... So the, like the music's okay. 
It's, I missed my window with the Smiths. I missed the point in life when they would have been most relevant to me, and when I finally heard them, it was kind of too late. Yeah. I'd I, taken a different path. I haven't yet gotten fully into the Smiths, um, but I recently heard the song, and I didn't know it existed, and I don't know... Correct me on the name of the song, but it's roughly called... Uh, we hate our friends when they become successful. No, that was a Morrissey solo one. I was think. it? Well, regardless, we I, hate it when our friends become successful. Yeah. I I heard that song and I said I need to listen to more Morrissey and the Smiths because that that is a great thing to write a song about. Anyways, and it's true. Yeah. It's funny because it's true. That might be a genre. Screeching Weasel had a song called "My Friends Are Getting Famous." Yeah. There's two songs. Yeah. That's, that's all it takes. That's all it needs. We uh-huh. we start everything on two songs. Uh, um, we, I think that this song is about a, a, a guy who who likes to answer Q and A's. <laughs> Steve, what I do you think, think it's about? I think this song is about pegging, or at least anal in general, butt stuff. I think that's what Steve. He's, he's just like, if there's something you'd like to try, ask me. I'm not going to be the one to say it. You have to come. I'm hoping you'll say it, please. It, it definitely feels like it's a song about being more open. Sexually communicating sexually. Yes. Hey, Morrissey, I would like to try to shave your hair off. Is that a Morrissey? Can I do that? Morrissey, come back. Are you asking him questions? Morrissey, come on, at least tell me no. Hey, how about no. anal? Morrissey. Ask. Ask me, I won't say no. How could I? Um, uh, if you give a shit, the, they formed in 1982. Released their first crap in 1984. <laughs> broke up in 1998. 88. What did I say? 98. 98. Uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I should have fact-checked all of that, but pretty accurate. Probably. I don't know. Probably. Anybody not paying attention on Twitter, our friend Tim Malcolm has dubbed Dave's uh, malformed fact. Uh, his facts are called lions. Which is a great, yeah, great like term. a sit-in. And, uh, Tim Malcolm said that. Tim you Malcolm. know what? Fuck that guy. He couldn't even keep his wife pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and this this song sounds kind of tropical, so I have a feeling somebody's going to ask if it's a yacht rock song or not. Eventually, we'll we'll get that question. No, let's answer it right now. No, and I'll give this a three. No. Wrong. No. Wrong. Dave? Um, Seven? Zero zero point five. Thanks. All right. We aren't adding up. One. <laughs> <laughs> That's suiting because I got really tired of this genre as I started writing. I write from 10 to 1, and when I got to this one, I just didn't give a shit. So I took the lead. <laughs> this, this is, is the one cure. Of the most, this is Friday. One of the I'm in love. This was the first song I thought of when Dave brought up this genre. I feel it's a solid choice for number one. It absolutely is, but it's so candy ass. And if you like the cure, <laughs> what's wrong with being candy ass? Because what's it's the glean, Dave. What's this wrong is their own genre. What's wrong with having a sweet um, and an ass made out of sweet candy that everyone wants to eat? When you play it music, it seems like a good thing. Sweet. You made a genre of de- of cool, depressing bands that make made a candy ass song. It should be. This should be the. Yeah. Be I agree. I'm really about. happy. Well, listen. And I'm glad it's 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 sparring. Like everyone's talking about it. I'm happy about. That. Yeah. I just don't like the song. I took the lead because Dave didn't write anything. No, he went to a basketball game. I know. As uh, he does, because yeah. he can't well, get enough of that sport. He loves okay. sport. So, the Fancy sports. I, 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 really, I couldn't turn down those tickets. All right, I don't care. Listen, <laughs> The Cure was founded in a town called Crawley, which is appropriate because when you look at them, you go, oof, those guys are creepy crawly. Oh! <laughs> right? Hey. Right? Am I right? Oh my um, god, what a good joke. I get the cures and the Smiths confused because Robert Smith is in the cure, but Morrissey Cure is in the Smiths. Yeah. Oh. I was I was always surprised that it was the lead singer of In Excess that died of autoerotic asphyxiation and not Robert Smith. <laughs> asphyxiation? <laughs> That's what Steve's gonna die of. <laughs> um, Robert, Robert Smith just got I, fat. I'm not gonna die of asphyxiation. I might die of asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. That's what I'm saying. Asphyxiation. Um, 
Here's more confusion for me from Wikipedia. During the writing process, Robert Smith became convinced that he had inadvertently stolen the core progression from somewhere, and this led him to a state of paranoia where he called everyone he could think of and, and played the song for them, asking them if they've heard it before. So you see why I'm confused? The story of the Cure guy named Smith writing this song sounds like the story for the last Smith song called Ask that we heard from the guy whose name is Morrissey Cure. I'm confused. The cures are Robert, Robert Smith, Smith, Simon Gallup, Roger O'Donnell, Jason Cooper, Reeves, Gabriels. He's in the band now? Oh, he's good. Well, Some, this is, he's I don't know. Tim, this is James He was in Tin Machine with Bowie. I got that Reeves from Gabriels. Listen, Reeves. Someone needs to cure Reeves of his weird first name. There used to be a guy named Lal Tolhurst in the cure also. And there was also a Porl Thompson. They, they cured them with Lal Reeves. and Porl. It's like antibiotics. Yeah. You saw Sort of hit it with the same problem. What the fuck are you talking about? Wait, 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 Don't what? worry about it. I did all the work because you were having yeah, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what hey, JD. Yeah. What exactly is this band the cure of? Well, it's probably happiness. Oh, boy. But not entirely satisfied with making happy people feel sad. They must have felt like sad people needed a, a cure for happiness. No, I got that totally wrong. <laughs> not entirely satisfied with making sad people. Fuck it. Listen. It's a good song. This is a good... Listen, we tried at the last yeah. minute. We tried, tried. Yeah. Oh, one more Dave thing. Dave didn't like the song, so he didn't write anything about it. This reminds me of Elvis Costello. This isn't serious, so this reminds me of Elvis Costello's Every Day I Write the Book. It oh, it's a good like song. It feels like kind of a joke song yeah. inspired by hacky songwriting conventions. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if this song had a similar origin to that yeah. uh, Elvis Costello song we talked about a little bit ago. Uh, but when great artists tell a joke, it usually results in something awesome. Hence... This podcast, yeah. When Tom Hanks comes in to replace Dave, that's right. Hey. Tom Hanks. I, was, I had a live poll if he's going. available. I had a live, if he's available. I had a live poll going. We were broadcasting live. People were voting you down like crazy. Tom Hanks is one. He'll be joining us next week on Beyond Yacht Rock Podcast. I bet, what guys, you, I bet he's guys, got some improv I got some, skills. I got some real bad news. For yeah. You. Oh, it's not Tom Hanks. It's his rapping son. That's going to replace me. Oh, shit. I um, knew it didn't sound stop, like him. Stop glooming us. Yeah. Hey, what and did... gleam us. What yeah. did... Gleam us, not gloom us. What didn't make the list, Steve? I don't know. JD, uh, play, a, play a happy song while we uh, talk about it. <laughs> play a happy tune. Yeah. Come on, dance, dance a Wait, jig for all of JD's us. JD's going to spell a hap- put a happy tune on... Uh, what didn't make I'll the list? What didn't I'll, make the I'll list? I'll go first. I'll go first. How about The Damned with Eloise? Oh, that's that's the thing. The, the Damned slowly became the Eloise. What is that? Happy Birthday by Stevie Wonder. Black Happy Birthday. Did you know that... African Americans, black people, when oh, they no. when it's their oh, birthday, no. when it's their birthday, oh, no. they sing. When it's their friend's birthday, their family, they sing this song. They sing Happy birthday, birthday to happy you. Happy birthday, yeah. happy birthday. No, no, it's not the song. No, I heard that at Chili's. Because Chili's can't sing Happy Birthday, they didn't license it. They don't have the rights. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. Did we interrupt? Yeah, Dave was explaining to me why Eloise wouldn't work for the damned. No, because the damned became the, just this this fucking assy reflection of what they once were. Okay. Or how about Nina? How do you think about Nina Simone's feeling good? I would need to listen to that. I'm not well versed. Well, she did have bipolar disease, so that might have. Uh, Steve, do you have an opinion? Uh, well, Dave took some. Dave took most of the suggestions yeah. I made for this list, so I can't complain. I could maybe add, like maybe one of the early Depeche Mode songs, like "Just Can't Get Enough," but that was like they weren't really known for being depressing until after that, when the Erasure guys left. Uh, maybe Echo and the Bunny Men, "Lips Like Sugar," because it's weird to hear them singing about sugar kisses. 
but you know, good solid list. We got, I think we got the main yeah. ones. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go back. I think you missed the Chili's Baby Back Ribs song. <laughs> uh, I know it's a lazy choice. I picked it for another. What did they miss? But I heard Chili's previous jingles, and they were dark as fuck. Yeah. Here's the thing, like, man. Did you see, did you see the com- to... wait? Did you see the commercial featuring the appetizers in the '80s? Sure. They went uh, poison you with our corporate garbage food. Absolutely. Poison Everybody. you with a corporate garbage, garbage food. Chilies. I kind of have an Alice yeah. Cooper thing yeah. going on. Well, here's the thing, JD. I can't put that on. I can't put the baby back thing on on the countdown <laughs> because I want to save it for my abortion episode. Oh, okay. Right. He, he already said that. <laughs> okay. Uh, join us next week. We're gonna we're gonna break down a record album for you. A great, a seminal piece from our youth. Called the Judgment Night soundtrack. Hell yeah! It's it's, it's uh, fi- wild in the fives on Beyond Yacht Rock, yeah. and we're gonna look at our album. Couldn't we couldn't figure out what song to pick from that soundtrack for fifty songs and fifty soundtracks? So we're just gonna do the whole goddamn Everyone. thing. Wild card. Uh, find this week's the Gleam playlist by following JD Riznar on Spotify. Go to yachtrock.com to buy T-shirts, buttons. Read the captain's blog and see show notes by Tim Malcolm. Follow him on Twitter at Timothy Malcolm for fun facts. Send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock. Follow me at JD Riznar. Follow Hollywood Steve at Hollywood Steve H. Follow Dave at David underscore B underscore Lions. Follow Hunter at Hunter Stare. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Follow Beyond Yacht Rock on Instagram. Rate and review us on iTunes. We need some heat. I love heat. Make me hot. Thanks to Jason Dunn for sending in the bumpers. Themes by Rob Crow and Mark Rivers. Recorded today by Matt Brusso, the one and only Matt Brusso. Hey, Thanks to Dustin, Jason, Noah, Kristen, and the entire Feral Audio family. Check out other Feral Audio podcasts at feralaudio.com. Dave, you survived. We'll see you next week. Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't believe I said Tim Malcolm couldn't even keep his wife pregnant. You, this is a great thing to say. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I mean, it was funny. It's accurate. That's what counts. Yeah. Dude couldn't keep his fucking wife pregnant. Okay, okay. It was funny the first time. It's hey. like when my son does something funny. He's doing <laughs> it. Repeats it, doing it four it, or five times it, yeah. afterwards, yeah. Hey, what, what about if I said, Tim can't even keep his wife pregnant? Happy birthday! Would've been that would have been better. What? How dare you? Anyway, welcome Colin Hanks. No, not Colin. Oh, not Colin? No, rapper Hanks is a different one. Oh, it's oh. <laughs> I don't even know all my Hankses. God damn it. <laughs> Chat. <laughs>